Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Put them together for Tuesday on B&E. Fozzie Whitaker coming up. Always great talk to Foz. Doing great work at the LHN and uh, do some serious XM work as well. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw at the spring game, any of the practices he attended. Longhorns done with their spring. They've already added a new piece to the roster. We'll get your details coming up ahead of Fozzie's conversation in the headline. Somebody texted and said, hey, too much Texans talk. Listen, the Texans have been building to this draft for three years, Buck. That's why it's such a headlines conversation because it's it's why they tanked two seasons. It's the, the trade of Deshaun Watson finally brought them the draft capital they needed. Remember when Bill, Bill O'Brien was fired and they hired the first of the coaches that they fired, they had no draft picks, right? Then they, they were cap-strapped. They had no picks. And so it's taken a couple of years to get here. And they have more draft capital, capital than any team. I mean, they have the two and the 12 pick plus the 33rd pick and, you know, all the extra picks they have. This is the draft in which, if they're going to be a relevant franchise in the AFC again, this is the foundation on which it will be built. And the question has now become, how are they going to screw this thing up? Well, they'll screw it up if they don't take that second quarterback and try to go elsewhere with it. And more and more that that's going to be the plan. And, uh, you know, people... Once again, if the head coach is a defensive guy and and was a fantastic player, and now he's the head coach... What are you going to do? I mean, what can you say? You, you kind of you can feel that coming. I I, I, That's part look, of his DNA. Well, again, you're drafting two and twelve on top of drafting. Remember last year they drafted four, no three, th- three and fifteen, and they hit right. Derek Stingley at corner and Kenyon Green at guard, and you know. Dave, so they hit on the guys in the middle. They hit on the kid from Baylor. I mean, they they, they did had a great, great draft. Last yeah, Jalen Petrie, um, Damian Pierce, they pieces, and you got to hit again. But they need a quarterback. Um, you know, it, it, let's also say they have Davis Mills has been two years their starter, but he also they signed Case Keenum, so they've got quarterbacks. Again, those aren't quarterbacks long that Texans fans want to hear about. But if they don't like C.J. Stroud and they're not going to be able to get draft Bryce Young, then you got to pivot and go a different direction. And that's, that's yeah. If you Texans... told me they were taking Hooker later on, yeah, down and, the line, and then, then Hooker at thirty three, then you're you're telling me once again that's you like that. I don't mind it. I think it's still tanking. I think it's tanking another year. I think you're not giving your fans – you're doing oh. that to them for three years in a row. Can you really do that to them, or is that four years in well, a row? Well, if they hit this draft, even with a, a Davis Mills, they're going to be a competitive team. But they're going to be a lot better this year, even if it's not the franchise quarterback everybody's looking for. They'll be – they won't be a they tank You think they get five team. wins, five, six more wins? Than that, more than that in that division. Okay. 
Because if they if the young guys that they drafted last year take a step forward and they hit this draft, and remember they signed Dalton Schultz and they signed a bunch of veteran players to come into this team. Yeah, if you tell me they're going to win seven, eight games, I think so. Then I'm thinking, well, that's not that's not tanking, but you still could be in the but play. But then you a, can't draft a quarterback. Then you're still not going to get your veteran, the, the franchise quarterback you need. And but you still why, got that, that draft capital. Can't you hold on to some of that stuff for the following year they have and then more, move they, up and they, do some things with? I mean, if they have capital again next year, well, uh, they're they they're not going to be they're not going to be drafting at number. 18 or 19 or 20, they'll be in the top 10, you're thinking, mm-hmm. right, top, with a record? Top 15, yeah. Okay, well, then you can move up if you've got that kind of draft capital. Well, look, if Caleb Williams is good as he is, right. no one's trading that pick. Whoever ends up at number one is not coming off of it. There'll so you, be somebody, you know, somebody else is coming out of the woodworks. There's a guy Caleb every Williams year. is as advertised. Oh, yeah, there's no, no doubt. One, no one, no matter what you offer him. I mean, I, I know the kid from North Carolina. There's still going to be questions May. about him. Hey, Quinn Ewers might be in the draft next year. Hey, let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to start this uh, Tuesday morning, including a big uh, development in the Longhorn football program. Then we're talking football with Fozzie Whitaker. Quickly get you caught up. Top, top Gun Equipment Rentals brings it to you. Start with the Longhorns. Yes, spring practice wrapped up on Saturday, the orange-white scrimmage. And Longhorns have already added their first new addition from the transfer portal. Yesterday, an announcement from the former University of Minnesota defensive tackle, Trill Carter, that he's coming to Texas. 6'2", 300-pounder, was a Georgia native, played three seasons at Minnesota, coming off his best year in 2022. He logged nearly 500 snaps and earned all Big Ten honorable mention honors. He was in attendance at Saturday's scrimmage and chooses the Longhorns after making visits to Ohio State, Arkansas, and Illinois. He will have two years of eligibility. Major League Baseball last night, Rangers won their 10th game already on the young season, beat Kansas City 4-0. It was uh, Jacob DeGrom and two relievers combined on a one-hit shutout. Not all good news, though, after throwing four no-hit innings in the start of the game, Jacob DeGrom exited with a sore right wrist. Manager Bruce Bochy said he's just playing it safe for a long season. He'll be reevaluated today. Astros erupted for seven in the first on their way to a 9-2 win over Toronto last night in the first game of that series NBA playoffs. Pair of first-round game twos last night, and both home teams are now up two games to none in best-of-seven series. Philadelphia rolled past Brooklyn 96-84. Sacramento beat the Golden State Warriors again 114-106. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis led the way. Both had 24 points. Three more game twos tonight. Also in the NBA yesterday, Memphis Grizzlies big man Jaron Jackson named the league's defensive player of the year. Second youngest player ever to win that award in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Dallas Stars dropped the first game of their first round series to Minnesota, 3-2 in OT. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a fool this month. Come to Top Gun for great deals on steel lawn equipment and Toro, Hustler, and Gravely mowers to kick off spring. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, let's go straight to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and chat with a very familiar voice and face. Of course, you saw him on the Longhorn Network this weekend, pre- and post-game coverage of the spring game. He is a lifetime Longhorn. He is Fozzie Whitaker. Foz, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you all doing this uh, kind of gloomy uh, Tuesday in yeah. Austin. Yeah, it looks like it's going to rain. Fantastic, man. Well, it was hot on Saturday. Man, that was a that was a warm Ooh. one. You guys were down on that field. Ooh, I, that was something else. Was not expecting that. We we knew that the uh, temperatures was going to be a little bit higher. I mean, you you get sandwiched in between seventy five degrees on Friday of a high, and then seventy six degrees on Sunday as the high, uh, and then we get smelted by ninety one degree high with full sun exposure while covering the spring game and I 
I can say I got a, a nice little tan line on my arms to showcase that. Yeah, man. Probably got a little weatherman in him. <laughs> yeah, you know. I like that. It was. Hey, <laughs> what were your key takeaways? I mean, obviously we all have ours. I mean, they, 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 they don't seem to have a, a major, major weakness or a position group that is just a complete red flag, a lot of depth. What was uh, impressive for you most on Saturday? I think overall, just the standpoint of how this team looked, uh, this is the best that I've seen a Texas team look uh, in quite some time. And if you look at it just from the eye test, the offensive line and the defensive line, they look like different monsters just just in the in the trenches. They, they are built completely different than anything that we've seen over the past about seven or eight seasons. Um, just seeing that, the depth that they have, and then the comfortability of Quinn Ewers being in the pocket, being named the starter at the end of the game, I think that'll allow him to continue to progress through Steve Sarkeesian's second year uh, underneath his belt. And just, I, I, I'm really loving the chemistry that they are all possessing. A.D. Mitchell, phenomenal addition to what this offense can be. Uh, and I think whenever Jaden Catalan gets healthy, I would love to see what the defense can can look like uh, with the addition of him as well. So overall, I think this team is headed in the right direction and has a possibility to compete for a conference championship and possibly make some ways within the national conversation. And, Fozzie, when you, when you talk about the defense and Jalen, when you talk about Catalan, they've got other players in this secondary now that are players that can play. You don't, you don't mind substituting a guy in there that can get down the alley and make a hit, cover guys. Absolutely. They, 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 they look for turnovers. But I, I like the fact of, that they got guys that can stick you, you know, you know, for the last couple of years, teams have gotten to the edge on Texas, and, and the secondary guys have had to make, to have to make plays. But now, I don't mind the way they make plays because they make the plays. You know, they get in those alleys, and guys come downhill, and they stick guys. Guys aren't running over them. Now, you can get to the edge all you want to, but if you don't get anywhere after you get to the edge, that's what I'm looking for. And they've got those type of players in the secondary. Absolutely, I think. My favorite player in the secondary, especially if you're talking about making those surefire tackles, we called him the Burnt Orange Baron, uh, Jade Baron oh, yeah. himself. That was kind of his nickname last season. Uh, and from that nickel star position, man, I, I, he was a staple all season long. I mean, there were several times he would lead or tie the lead for TFLs with the amount of bubble screens that teams were trying mm-hmm. to run or trying to get the edge, and he would set the edge and get that one-on-one open field tackle against – receivers, running backs, tight ends. It didn't matter who it was. Jade would stick his nose in there. And so I think he's going to uh, continue to have that same type of success at that nickel star position. Looking forward to seeing him progress and and hopefully become a a star in this secondary or continue to be a star in the secondary and find his name uh, on NFL draft boards for next year uh, because I think he has that type of potential. Fozzie Whitaker with us. High praise for the Longhorns, the best-looking team he's seen uh, since he's been doing the coverage. And, you know, you were, you played at Texas when, you know, the practices were tougher than the games in a lot of cases. I mean, there are only a couple of games a year that you guys would play that were as challenging as what you went against in practice, and that's at the heyday of the program. Are you starting to see shades of that right now with those DBs you just talked about against these wide receivers, the o, improving O-line against the D-line? I mean, this is you, you can get better just, uh, you know, week-to-week in practice. Absolutely. I am starting to see shades of that. I think the biggest part that is uh, stood out to me, I talked about the trenches and up front, how good these offensive and defensive linemen look. I mean, Texas is bringing back their entire starting five offensive linemen. I can't tell you when that happened. Uh, And also freshman All-American Kelvin Banks is going to be solidifying that left tackle position yet again. 
Um, and whenever you have guys rushing the edge going against one of the top-ranked offensive tackles in the country, uh, you have no choice but to learn and get better. And that's what I was able to take away from a lot of guys that I used to have conversations with from that 2005 national championship team. I mean, almost everybody got drafted off of that defense, and you had a huge majority of guys playing the NFL on the offensive side of the ball as well. And I think whenever you start going against some of the best competition, like you mentioned, it's that iron sharpens iron mentality. And I feel like that's what is happening within Texas right now. They're starting to get shades of what it means to continuously compete against each other and make each other better. Uh, and, and to me, going against a guy like Kelvin Banks, going against a guy like Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, going against a guy like Darren Sorrell, those guys are going to continuously up their game and continuously progress uh, to allow this, hopefully, this Texas team to reach their full potential of winning a Big 12 championship in their last season in the Big 12. Well, you got an opportunity to watch uh, C.J. Baxter in, in the spring a lot more than we did actually in, in practice settings and getting better each and every, every probably every practice. But he's, he's still got to have that one. You know, as a running back, there's always that one play that you have <laughs> that starts you off. From that point on, you 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 know you, the you know the, the 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 shackles are gone. Now you can be yourself. You can get that done, and that won't happen to you. I mean, it, it's it's over with now. I mean, you may have seen him in practice where it's happened, but in the game on on Saturday, he looked he looked like a freshman, like a lot of even great running backs do. They run high. Uh, there's a third mm-hmm. down and goal that I know his coach got on him because when he went to the sideline, he he got in on the fourth down play where he got low and got into there, but he didn't get in on the third down. So Coach Choice let him know about that. I, I could just I could just feel him letting him know you should have been in the play before. Why why I mean what do you yeah. do? You got a stalemate at the goal line and you can't get me you know a half a yard. And you know he was talking to him all the way to the sideline. He almost met him on the field. You know like the running back coaches will do. We'll meet you and talk about it all the way to the sideline. But he gave him an opportunity. He went back in on a fourth down play and got into the end zone. What is it, is he just missing that one play that will let him just get on loose? I think so, and you bring up a great point. You you get that 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 play that gets you that confidence that you need to be able to take it to the next level. Like you know, you can be good. You already know you can make plays, but you need to actually have it happen, and then it can become like a second nature thing for you whenever you're consistently able to get the reps that you can. And I think uh, not to take some of the shine away from C.J. Baxter himself, but Jaden Blue kind of had that play yes. in the spring game. He gets loose, goes on, and scores the, the long touchdown run, I believe, of 38 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the type of play that you're looking for to be able to spark the rest of your career, honestly. Um, and I think C.J. Baxter, he's still learning a lot. And, you know, you got to remember also this guy's supposed to be at prom, right? He, he was supposed to go to prom last weekend, and he should be taking chemistry two or whatever it is, English 302. Like, he, he graduated high school early and, and probably has taken on a, a huge change uh, in scenery and change of, of what he probably expected his second season or second semester of high school would look like. Um, so I, I'm really proud of him being able to take everything in stride up to this point. Coach Choice is a phenomenal coach that I've been able to spend quite a, quite a bit of time with that knows – what it's like to be successful at the college and the professional ranks. Uh, and he's spitting knowledge to these guys, man. He's giving them jewels and nuggets to be able to make them better players. Uh, and the relationship that I've seen foster with Bijan and Roshan 
and the love that they have for each other. He's pouring that right into this young freshman, C.J. Baxter. And I think it's just a matter of time before he does have that play, and then it's going to click, and then he's going to be ripping off those types of plays week in and week out for this Texas offense. Now, do you remember yours? Do you remember yours as a as a young player when, when you got to Texas, what, what practice it was where everybody just went, oh, no. I mean, do you remember that? Do you, everybody, it's Captain America right there. I mean, there. They, they, they seem to remember <laughs> – running backs seem to remember the first one they made and then the one where their career was coming towards an end. Do you, do you remember the yeah. first one? Do you remember the first pra- – was it a practice or was so it a mine, game itself? Mine was in practice – uh, and, it, and it wasn't even running the ball, ironically. It was, uh, we were in the bubble, and this was spring ball. We were running a sprint out where the quarterback obviously rolling out. I got to seal the edge to be able to uh, allow the quarterback uh-huh. to be able to get the edge and have space to be able to throw the ball. Uh, and Sergio Kendall was the Ooh. outside linebacker Ooh. at the time. And he was rushing upfield. This was before he moved to DN. He was still at outside backer, and he's two feet, foot planting in the ground, and he's coming upfield. Oh, you caught him, like did you? Out of his... Oh, my God. <laughs> I was able to find a way to get underneath his pads. I actually knocked him all the way down. We both fell on the ground. I had one, like, because I, I pushed him back. I don't know if he slipped or it if don't matter. My leverage, it, was, it was all my leverage, right? That's, what <laughs> That's I'm right. Saying. It was all my leverage. But I knocked him flat to the ground. Quarterbacks get the edge. We complete the pass. But everybody is like, oh, snap. Fozzie just laid out Sergio <laughs> Kendall. And, like, if you all have seen Sergio Kendall in yes. person, he looks like the action figure, right? He, yes. He's the guy that first team off the bus, that's, that's Sergio Kendall. He, he's built just like that. And, man, that literally sent my confidence levels through the roof because I was like, if I can – do that, have good technique, and block a guy that's like two times my size, then there's no reason why I can't do that on a consistent basis. And that kind of gave me the confidence to continue to be that third down back, even though I was only 195 pounds. You know, coach put me in in third downs for blitz pro Mm -hmm. um, and and obviously mismatches against linebackers. But um, I had that mentality that man, if I can if I can block Sergio Kendall, I should be able to block anybody else in the country uh, because he was one of the top talents, and that was kind of my here you go play. And then from there, I was like, well, if I can block him, it, I, I ain't that hard to be able to run too. Yeah, it ain't that hard. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Priest Holmes had that kind of moment against Stony Clark, who got loose over the uh-huh. center, and he caught him as he was coming in at the quarterback, and he caught him from the side in the side of the helmet, and he went down just like a bag of sand, and that was it for Priest. He was a different guy, and everybody thought of him as a different player after that. He laid his, laid his laid mark. Laid out. Well, he set his, set his territory. And, you know, as a third down back, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, pass. you got to be a good pass protector in that spot on a third down play. Fozzie, uh, the other running backs, because you mentioned C.J. Baxter, only a matter of time. He should be going to the prom. Uh, he'll he'll get, get the coaching. But uh, obviously Savion Red moving to wide receiver, but I know got a lot of praise for his willingness to run between the tackles and the you know the, the shiftiness that he brings to the table. And then Jonathan Brooks, when he's healthy, what do you make of the running back room big picture? Yeah, I think overall this is a, a very talented running back room. Um, it, it's going to be some growing pains, in my opinion, trying to replace the level of production that Bijan and Roshan was able to provide. Uh, but – what I do love about this running back room is the versatility that each one of these guys possesses and the fact that no two runners are alike. I mean, you have 
guys like Jaden Blue doing what he did in the spring game, guys like Keelan Robinson showcasing what he can whenever we saw him healthy in the season. Then you bring in a guy like Jonathan Brooks, who can be an every-down bruiser, a guy that can also be used out of backfield to be able to catch the ball with bigger size. And then you bring in a guy like C.J. Baxter, who's one of those one-cut guys, very physical, hard runner. You're going to make sure you got to bring your, your, your lunch pail to be able to bring him down every single play. Uh, and then Savion Red is like a combination of everything. Obviously, he's former receiver, so he can run the routes, catch the ball, but then he's extremely physical. He has the moves in open field to be able to get loose. Uh, and it's, it's really cool how this room is made up with the evaluation of Coach Choice and Coach Sark finding key pieces to really complement each other. And I think that's going to bode well for this offense because any guy can have opportunities no matter, you know, what the formation is, no matter what the play is, you know, there's a personnel that can get the job done and do it properly. So I do think they're still in good hands with the guys that are in the running back room. And I I feel like they will still continue to have success uh, and, and trying to make sure that this offense is still elite and explosive which is where I think they may end up at the end of the year. Last thing, and then we're going to talk about the, the, the big camp this weekend. You're going to be part of the Bam Fam Foundation, put on a camp out in Del Valley. But uh, obviously we saw Quinn Ewers, 195 yards and three touchdown drives he led. But, man, the, the story had, that jumped off the field was Malik Murphy. I mean, uh, you know, he was putting his foot in the ground and that quick release and the rocket arm. I mean, that was impressive. And, you know, if there was one real concern for me going into that game and into to pra- to spring practices, who's going to be the backup if something happens to Quinn? I think we kind of got to see that, that uh, they've got two guys, certainly one guy that's ready to, to step in. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Malik Mercy actually had the best performance of the day uh, between the quarterbacks. And uh, that's just a testament to what he's been able to overcome from the adversity pr- perspective. I mean, this guy wasn't able to play much football last year dealing with the injury from his high school national uh not national championship but a high school state championship game uh going through off-season surgery having that recovery time frame go through trying to get ready for the end of the season and uh man he's not really able to play until basically the bowl game would have been his first kind of opportunity to step out on the field and, and play some meaningful football uh but ultimately whenever I look at what he's able to overcome and the injuries that he sustained even early on in spring that kind of set him back the first four or five practices uh, and then the growth and the maturation that I've seen him possess, uh, it's kind of on the same wavelength of what Quinn Ewers, uh, his growth and trajectory that I've been able to see. I mean, both of these guys are year two underneath Steve Sarkeesian's offense, and both of these guys seem to have grown immensely uh, just in their short time frame from the season into the spring. Uh, and, and that should bode well for this Texas team. And I always say, I mean, Texas hasn't had a starting quarterback finish throughout the, the entire course of the season in, in, in quite some time now. So if you take a look at it, your offense is really only going to be as good as your backup quarterback can go. Um, and from what we were able to see this past Saturday, I think if Quinn Ewers happen to go down, not saying that he will, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does happen because it's a physical game, uh, this offense should still be in good hands uh, with Malik Murphy if he is the, the, the QB2 or the backup quarterback. Fozzie, what do you see out of this group as a, as a team? Is this a group now that they have enough talent that now in, in tough situations and tight situations where they let games slip away from them when they've had leads in the fourth quarter or the second half, 
Is this a group now that you believe that trust, you know, their coach says all the right things, which most, most coaches do. They, they, when they get into that coach speak, it all sounds good. But when the players get out there, they don't, they don't, you don't feel that. They have that kind of faith in their coach. Is this a group now that has faith that Sark is going to call the right things and win games as a coach? And not, I mean, they're talented enough and they feel good about themselves, but they believe in their coach that will make a call that's going to get them a win and, and they will carry out those calls. Absolutely. Yeah, I believe I believe that chemistry uh, between coach and player and the relationship that's been forged between them over the past three years is, mm-hmm. is, is as strong as it's ever been. I mean, Sark kind of made a comment last week about year three, this is starting to feel like his team. Um, and that's not just because of the size that they brought in or just because of uh, the number of stars an athlete possesses within uh, their recruiting profile, but more so I think it goes from the, the character and the internal aspect that these guys are bringing to the table. I mean, it's it's three things that Sark mentioned he likes to look for whenever he's recruiting guys, and only one of them had to do with what their production was on the field, and that was just love for the game, not necessarily are you a baller making plays. Mm-hmm. It was do you have love for the game, do you have love for something else, and then do you have pride in your own name? like that you won't mess it up. And that was eye-opening to me. It was like, okay, Coach Sark gets it. It's not just about, you know, can you come out there and play? Are you a five-star or four-star recruit? It's do you love the game? Do you love football? Are you willing to sacrifice everything for your brothers around you? And I think that's the type of uh, atmosphere Coach Sark is creating along with the strength staff uh, in the off-season program that will allow them to continue their leadership roles we had Jordan Whittington on Longhorn Network at the end of the game to give a little post-spring game recap, and he talked about how he's had to step up his vocal leadership role and become more of that vocal leader because Roshan Johnson is no longer there on the offensive side of the ball. And that just goes to show this is continuing to be a player-led team, which can bode well for the players because the coaches aren't having to interject mm-hmm. themselves to get things figured out. So I think Overall, it has been a positive relationship with Coach Sark and his team and the identity that he's been looking to create since he's gotten here on the 40. Heard the word connected quite a lot, and I saw that interview you guys had with uh, Jordan Whittington. He looks great, by the way. He's down to about 200 pounds and really explosive oh, yeah. on the field, and it uh, looks like he's poised for a big season. Hey, Fozzie, you and Roshan Johnson are going to be part of a football camp. Our friends over at the BAMFAM Foundation, who we love working with, uh, coming up on Saturday morning, 9 to noon, over in Dell Valley, you and Roshan, uh, how can folks be a part of this if they want to jump in? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and uh, learn a lot about the game of football. Yeah, absolutely. You go to BAMFAM.org, the website. Uh, you can find our camp schedule right there Saturday, like I said, 9 to noon in Dell Valley. Uh, it'll be indoors, too, because hopefully it's not 91 degrees like it was <laughs> last Saturday, right? <laughs> uh, but it's uh, this is, what, year eight of, of offering these camps. Uh, it's completely free. Uh, To all of the individuals, Uh, registration is still open, so you can sign up online now. Uh, If you happen to miss registration, don't worry. 
just show up to Dell Valley a little bit before 9 a.m. We can get you registered. We want you to be able to have the opportunity to hang out with uh, Roshan and myself, uh, learn a little bit of football, uh, learn some drills, and then have a lot of fun at the end of the day as well. So uh, it's just a way for us to be able to continue to give back to the community that has instilled so much into us. Uh, and I look forward to, uh, you know, having another another successful camp uh, come Saturday at 9 a.m. All right, man. We look forward to it. We'll get the word out. We'll continue to push that this week. I think we're going to talk to Roshan later in the week as well, which we're excited about. And uh, thanks for doing what you did this morning with us and certainly what you do for the kids out there in the community. Uh, always appreciate it. I know uh, for a free camp for a youngster, that's, uh, that can change you. Get a guy in a good direction, I think, and that's pretty cool. Thanks for doing that. Thanks, Fozzie. We appreciate it, man. Uncle Bucky's Tips for Kids, brought to you by Relax the Back, providing best-in-class in-home relax and sleep products to achieve a life well-lived. Visit Relax the Back Austin area stores today. Mornings with Bucky and Aaron. Interesting that uh, today is tax day, so pay those taxes or whatever you need to do to be on the good side of Uncle Sam. Mentioned uh, yesterday was Patriots Day in Boston. They had the marathon and... Of course, that's where they threw the T in the harbor, the harbor, protesting taxes. Yes. You know, today, 200, in this day, 248 years ago, Paul Revere began ah, his throw, drove, famous ride. Ride right through the streets. From Charlestown to Lexington, warning the colonists that the British are coming. They are coming. The British are coming. That was 248 years ago this day, 1775. Quick uh, tip for the kids, he is uh, it is time to start to get ready to finish strong for that second, no, second half of the school year where you start to get into that little bit of funkiness after Easter. Well, we're coming to the end. I can start chilling out. No, finish strong. You, you want to start out strong, but you also want to finish strong academically. This is, this is getting towards that time, April and May. I mean, graduation isn't that far away or just graduating from one class to the next. Let's, uh, let's think about finishing strong. I know lots, lots on your mind in the springtime, and that, that thing that's on your mind is, Hell, we're about to get out of school here in May sometime. Summertime. Yeah, summertime. But finish strong. Try your best to finish as, as strong as you can. By the way, some of you guys that want us to just go negative, cut me a break. You want to hear about the spring game, you, and you want, to, want us to tell you that all these other teams in the Big 12, yeah, I hope everybody's getting good, but we want to talk about positive things. Why, why would we want to talk about – Who's telling us we're being negative? Well, if you look at some of the Specs text organizationers, I mean, it's just – I mean, ridiculous. Why do you want us to we – to, we want to talk about the good things that we see. You know, there'll be, there'll be enough things when, well, gotcha. when, when the how actual games start. How long have we been doing this show? We've, a long we've time. We've talked about a lot of bad football on this team for a long time, and um, there have been spring games. They couldn't even have a game last year, which is when we talk about, you know. We that, understand that TCU came out of nowhere last year. We understand that But things, we also know that TCU had the most veteran team in the, in the Big 12. Absolutely. And Sonny Dykes hired a great staff and did a great job. And he's a fantastic coach. Oh, right, and, and but inherited a very old, mature team, and, you know, it paid dividends. Texas was... As we know, last year the average age nineteen years old. Uh, TCU was twenty two and a half, twenty three years old last year for their for their starters. I don't know so, what else we can say except for this is the no excuse tour here. Yeah, this is the year to win, uh, and there are no excuses. That's the whole point. There have been a lot of years where you could point to you know, last year the young offensive line. Gosh, a lot of question marks on the offensive line. Uh, the defense was historically terrible the year previous, and well, how much impact can Gary Patterson have in one year? Uh, you know, th- th- this there were two great recruiting classes. And good work in the portal, coaching continuity. Yes. Uh, all leads to a team that Sark talks about being connected and uh, open-door policies. And you just heard Fozzie, who's been around the program and around the practices. 
uh, playing for one another, still a player-led group. Again, yes, are those a lot of positives? There's a lot of Kool-Aid being served? Sure, but again, It's the spring. I like, I like to give you that Kool-Aid in the spring. I mean, it's there's games. The games will be played. This is uh, all gas, no excuses. Sure, I think that's fair. I yeah. mean, this is the year. If your moniker is all gas, no breaks, this is the year there really are no breaks. I mean, I can find some reasons in year one where the players didn't like the coaching staff that much. There were guys that wanted to get out from the beginning. Uh, they really didn't, uh, you know, they didn't really have a quarterback that Sark wanted. They liked very much in Casey Thompson and and the Hudson Card. I mean, it, again. Those are those are excuses, but they're real things that happen in year one and two. And we would also say five and seven and eight and five aren't great. I mean, five and seven is unacceptable. Eight and five is left some games on the field last yeah, year. Yeah, and you're getting there. But you're it's you can't ignore the positive nature of where it's going and the momentum in the program. But yeah, it's about delivering. It's about winning games, and we won't know about that for another 137 days when they play the Rice Owls. But it's also not unfair to point out the positives. Because we've done a lot of pointing out of negatives. I mean, Absolutely. how many times have we been called, oh. God, you guys are way too negative. Oh, yeah. Why, why are you so negative today? Oh, grumpy buck. <laughs> well, why are you so negative? No, I'm not. Well, I'm, there's been a lot to be negative about um, for for. A good, but there's good a lot stretch. to be positive about wh- what you see. Well, we, I mean, this. The, 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 and again, you haven't been this. We haven't been this. Well, I don't know when the last time we were this positive about a football team. Because there was the time we've done this show for 23, 24 years. And there were times with the Mac Brown years where we got spoiled, where it was just we just expected them to be good. And then if they lost a game, Mac, right. Mac Brown used to get mad at us and like saying, "Why do you guys get so mad if we lose a game?" Well, it happened to be the Oklahoma game, Mac. I mean, that's a pretty big game. Uh, you know, that's that. What is it getting back to that? It feels like it. Even the people who were a part of the program playing when it was like that are saying, "Yeah, starting to feel like that 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 way again." And it's about coaching continuity. It's about recruiting classes on top of one another. Not and many coaches come out and say, this team feels like my team, like yeah, what, I, what I'm looking for. And that's the one thing about Sark I'll say. Despite the fact that the first two years have been underwhelming from a coaching perspective, um, the, the off-field stuff, the, the talent acquisition, the building of the mm-hmm. roster, the work in the portal, the building of the coaching staff, that's all A-pluses so far. But all that matters is the results. Uh, that's and, right. And, and, and that's game. what this year will be about. That's exactly right. But there's a lot of reason to be optimistic that this is, can be the year where it turns, and that that would be the hope. And look, last time we were even confident about a team, it felt like was when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and we know that team wasn't any good and uh, was did not maximize Sam Ellinger's senior year, and there was and that was a lot of strife going on that year. But again, this is a lot of optimism, I think so. And I, I said this earlier, and it'll it'll drop today. But last night here, we Mike Craven and I from Dave Campbell's Texas Football recorded our. Sixth edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast that we're doing now on YouTube and Spotify, iTunes. It's a really quality show, I believe. And we talked a lot about that because the cool thing about Mike Craven is he goes around to other campuses. He's not just covering Texas. You know, he was at TCU last week. He was at Baylor last week. He's going to A&M today. I mean, he covers these programs for the magazine. And he will tell you that, you know, having been to A&M, they've got a bunch of red flags. They've got good players, but they they have a tackle problem on the offensive line. They don't have linebackers that are ready to play in the SEC. They would even tell you that. That's a, that's where when we talk about Texas right now, there really isn't just a red flag hanging over any position. There's concerns, you know. I mean, there's there's guys, and they're not all all pros or anything like that. But you feel like you have good players. Yeah, I, I and, and, deep, and for me, deep, it's depth how you, at every position. Yeah, what you do in the games and how you finish these games. It'll that the true test is when you play the games, and and how much the 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 team believes in you as a coach. That's their, there's the true test. They go out there, like Fozzie said, they give everything they have, and they understand that 
There is no option. Losing is not an option. Losing is not an no, option with two be, minutes to go in a game. You should be in the Big Twelve title game and playing for the championship. And, yeah. You know, there's other than that, it's going to be a, a, a disappointing season, uh, and I won't say failure, but it's going to be really disappointing. And then the question, but guess what? When you when you take on what Sark is saying and the confidence, right? It's going to be straight on you if you don't get there. The question will be asked because last year, people would say, "Well, how do you shut out? How do you nearly beat Alabama?" Shut out Oklahoma forty-nine to nothing, and then lose five games. How does that happen? Um, you know that, or four other games, but the Alabama game. And those are fair questions. Your team didn't look like it was prepared to play in the Al- in the Alamo Bowl against Washington. The game plan was weak. Um, you know those kind of things. Those are fair, and Sark has known it. But the fact that Sark has put his neck out there and saying it would tell you he feels pretty good about it. And knowing that if they go nine and three and don't play for the Big Twelve title game, get smoked at Alabama. It's all going to be shined on him because, okay, what's the weak link here? What is really the problem? Because it feels like they have everything else they need, especially in the Big 12. And do I think they'll lose a game or two? I do. But I, do I think they should be in that, that championship sure. game? Yes, they should. Well, and, you know, we wouldn't have guessed TCU would go 12-0 and last year, and they did, right? I mean, that's, right. That's, there's always a team like that every season. But, again, who, Oklahoma's still in a rebuild. The fact that Texas beat them 49 to nothing, they lost six other games last year or seven. They were not a good team. And, there, uh, and to me, there's still some fabulous coaches in the Big 12. There are. I mean, and, you know, Kansas, K-State. I mean, this, Joey McGuire's oh cranking it up. Yep. I mean, but again, when you're, if you're Texas and That's you're recruiting right. to this level, the talent level, top five recruiting classes, T- Texas Tech's not bringing in top three recruiting classes. No. Uh, Kansas State is not. You, if you coach the talent that's there, you should be better than those teams, right? That's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. Uh, the only team that recruits close to on par with you is Oklahoma. And Alabama, who you're going to play in week two. That's right. And then, you know, TCU and Sonny Dykes and what he does in the portal have been really, really impressive. And and it's also clear at TCU that Gary Patterson left a pretty talented team there uh, that he added to and, you know, coached a lot better. And they went and played for a national championship. So is it a good reason to be optimistic? Yes. Do you tap the brakes? Look, it's play for the Big 12 championship. No one's saying national championship. You, you should be in that game in Arlington early December playing for the Big 12 championship in your last year. For that sure. be the absolute expectation. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with expectations if you've got the, the pieces they have in place. Or they do. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk to Quan Cosby in the 9 o'clock hour. His thoughts on the receiving core. Is it the best they've had since he was playing on the 40 acres? We'll also go with, I'm going to ask Quan if he's ready to please be my partner in the Mullet Open in a couple of weeks. Oh, he, he wants to hit? Quan's on my oh, yeah, team. Yeah, hit it long there. Hitting them bombs. Hitting if them Quinn bombs. Quan hits them bombs. Uh, but we'll talk to Q. Also, there's an NFL mock draft that has just dropped this morning that is really, really intriguing, and it comes from someone who's an insider, which I like this mock draft a lot. It brings up a lot of conversations. We'll hit that coming up. But coming next, you know it. It's Gossip and the Blitz loaded up 447-3776. Let's have have an optimistic, positive Blitz coming next. First, it is Seaway. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip. Brought to you by the Icy Cold Frosty Bud Light Skis, the official Tomeski beer partner of the Texas Longhorns, the Texas X's and the Texas OU game. All right, coming up next hour, Quan Cosby will jump on. Also, Jeff Howe is going to jump in studio. He's got some updates on uh, a potential Longhorn basketball edition because the Longhorn football team added one. Of course, Rodney Terry and company really active in the portal right now trying to build the roster. So we'll get Jeff Howe's thoughts on that coming up ahead of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, but here's your gossip. Load up the Blitz, 447-3776. You may have had a miracle down outside of Houston yesterday, Buck. Miracle? Miracle, like literally. 
How about this? A 16-year-old boy from Missouri City, Texas, was at a local rock gym. You ever been to one of these rock climbing gyms? Ty, you ever done that? I've I've been. I've never done, participated in it. I have a nephew who went to his local rock climbing gym, fell in love with it. Now he goes to the University of Arizona and loves to rock climb. Rock climber. That's his thing. Awesome. Uh, he's real good at it, too. But you better be, because you're not good at rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, really. you got a problem. Well, here's the story. So he climbed to the top of the wall, rang the bell, according to, to uh, witnesses. And then his body went limp. It looked like he was either playing around or passed out. They weren't quite sure what was going on. Uh, they would soon find out that 16-year-old Sammy had gone into cardiac arrest. His heart suddenly stopped. Workers at the gym and then paramedics opened, uh, you know, went on to CPR with him for two hours. Two hours of CPR. And finally they looked at us and said, I'm sorry, but he's gone. Doctors left his, par- his devastated parents to say their goodbyes. Five minutes later, the mother was talking to him, telling him how much she loved him. And sorry we didn't know how to save him. And suddenly, my husband said, oh my gosh, he's moving. He came back to life. Just wasn't ready to go. Their miracle child. The, the, the professionals, the, the EMTs came back and said they've been doing this their whole lives. And we've never seen anything like that. That they did two hours of CPR, couldn't revive him. And then he came back on his own. That was awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Absolutely. Prayers can work. Uh, pretty incredible right there, no doubt about it. Hey, McDonald's is changing its burgers. McDonald's changing its burgers. They're using burgers. real meat, beef? Uh, Big Mac getting more Big Mac sauce. The buns are changing. They're going to be a little softer. More pillowy buns. Used to toast the, the toasted golden brown. The cheese is going to be meltier. Is meltier a word? Yeah, I think so, meltier. Onions are changing as well. Not doing it. You know why McDonald's is falling behind? Because... Uh, I saw the earnings report that Chick-fil-A put out. Chick-fil-A franchise is doing good. And that's six days a week. Like they do, Right now, they're like doubling the profits of McDonald's, which is second in fast food. I had that yesterday. Chick-fil-A? Yum, yum, yeah. Doubling. It's, it's almost every morning for me. And it's like six days a week, as you Ty said. They're not open on Sundays. Don't put that pickle on it anymore, though. You know that, uh, remember the former the U of H coach when Tom Herman took over? Oh, yeah, and got that's right. Tony Levine. You know what he does now? He runs a Chick-fil-A franchise down in Houston. He's and crushing it. well, yes. Because those guys own it. I mean, it's so hard to be to get one of those franchises. Because they don't expand very often. They don't try to keep up with the Joneses as far as number of stores. They just want good stores at Chick-fil-A. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool right there. With I had one of those, uh, their... Um Milkshakes, too, yesterday. Ooh. Cookies and cream. That? You know that's not ice cream, right? It's frozen yogurt. Does your, does your wife know you did? So it's good milkshake? for me. Yeah. Are you telling me that's good for me? <laughs> yes. What about the... Uh, if you notice, they don't call it ice cream. They call it ice stream. Oh, cookies and stream. Is that what it is? Dream. Dream. Did you wow. also know that uh, McDonald's really isn't a burger company? They're a real estate Okay, I, I was wondering. Because most McDonald's... The, the, is that why they don't use meat? No, the, the, the company owns the, the land that they're built on, and then they franchise them out, but they own the land. So that's not rental property. Right. They sell it. Ah, it's it's, it's investment. You buy it all. It's real estate. It's a real estate company and that sells burgers. So we told you about Starbucks. They're a coffee company that makes most of their money in gift cards that never get used. <laughs> they're a bank. It's unbelievable. <laughs> bank. Hey, let's dive into your uh, blitz. Let's hit it. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, here we go. First Blitzer, you're up. B&E. What's up, boy? 
Hey, you want to watch a real football spring game, watch OU's spring game this Saturday. Boomer Sooner. <laughs> oh, God. Next blitzer, you're up. Uh-oh. OU Mark has moved back north of the Red River, and he's now feeling surly. Oh, boy. You're up. B&E, they say you are what you eat. You keep eating that horse meat, there's going to be a bunch of fast brothers around. Oh, my God. Next blitzer, you're up. Hey, good morning, guys. I, I really appreciate your uh, being optimistic attitude this morning. And I got a small prayer. Hey, eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. I want to be optimistic next year. And Texas goes five and seven. Yeah. <laughs> coming from yeah. An, yeah, coming from an Aggie. Next blitzer, you're up. Bucky, I'm not as popular as Chick-fil-A, but she likes my pickle, too. This is Tim Duncan. <laughs> oh, God. Next blitzer, talk to us. Give me the pickle. Yeah, this is uh, Vince uh, Young. Yeah, hey, you don't want to pay taxes? Don't show up for work. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Shut it down. Oh, Let's go home. You people. Hey, so, uh, yeah, that it, tax day is no fun when you don't have any more dependents. You know what I'm saying? I know. It's fun for me. Yeah, you don't have any dependents. You didn't have dependents, and now you don't have them because they're all adults now. I got one in college, but yeah. Adopt hey, a kid. I thought about it last night. <laughs> Adopt for a day. Maybe we should bring in some foster kids. Can we get a kickback on that deal? I got time. No, they don't. You don't get any deals on on. Dang. No, they, there's no deals on those. I thought when you adopt a kid, you do get a little, you little do. monthly. You do. Stipend. They incentivize you. We come back. We're gonna talk to QC Quan Cosby, a little Longhorn uh, optimism. We'll see if. Uh, Quan will provide a, a dose of pessimism. We'll, so we'll ask him that. Also, Jeff Howe with an update on the Longhorns uh, basketball pursuits of players in the portal. That'll all be part of a busy final hour on this Tuesday morning here on BNE. Light the tower with Craig.